This is weird shit that my mom says. Episode 26. I'm Jules. And I'm Cece. together we're together we have a cool new vibe going to because guess what bitches i'm in florida the school let us go and i was able to come here and it's so fucking exciting because we're in the same room and we have like new equipment and i can hear like i can hear all the things in my own ears yeah like when we talk Ooh. we can hear ourselves talk and we can hear each other talk in real time yeah. oh and i'll probably ignore everything that jules has to say like i always do but i could listen to it if i tried you could <laughs> if you really tried i try it doesn't mean that i'm not trying i just don't well let's talk about let's talk about how was your trip how was your trip down it was hard because every man, woman, and child in Alabama was on I-65 South while I was. And so I was stuck in Alabama traffic for four motherfucking hours. To the Alabama Slama. How are you feeling about this whole trip and having all the peoples around? I've actually, I feel like I've been pretty chill with having a lot of extra people and also so many extra dogs in the house. There are so many dogs in the house did you just burp i did i burped in the middle of saying that i just had a bubbler could you be any grosser i tried to get a little bit of extra energy and then that came with carbonation and carbonation makes me burp okay end of story yeah so we got we got new stuff that we're trying out um i got a pee popper what is this thing what is this pop thing on the microphone pop Oh my god. I got a pee popper on my microphone so I can say all the peas. Boop. <laughs> Isn't it sound good? pocket poops. Peanuts. Out of her? Nope. <laughs> anyway. um, Oh my god, you're right. My laugh is so much louder than yours. It is. Yours. And now you have to edit them out. You're gonna, Jules is going to learn how to edit after this episode too. So yeah. I can see like the audio spikes. And it kind of looks like when you're in labor, for those of you that have had babies, and you can see when you're having contractions, like, on the little sheet of paper behind you. Yeah. <laughs> All the little spikes. But apparently I'm supposed to stay about the same loud as Cece, and when I laugh, it's not okay. Yeah, we both do it, to be fair, and I'm, like, kind of bad at editing it out, but whatever. Okay. Gotten better. Well, we're trying all of these things. We're having a good time this week. Lots of family in town. Um, So much fun. Oh, my God. We had so much fun. We did have a lot of fun. We really did. And, and we're still having fun. We're God still damn having fun. So we tend to giggle a lot when we're together, like out of control giggling, like till <laughs> we're crying. So we're going to keep it together. This particular episode, we're going back to true crime. Like I said, we were going to. Um, I decided, I, I don't know why I do this, why I always choose these stories that have all of these different languages, um, where I'm trying to pronounce things that I just have no business doing, but this is a lot of French. I, I think did, she just like researched pronunciations for the last fucking hour or something. I did. But like, I took French 
in high school. That makes me an expert. Perfect. Level. <laughs> Pretty much. Totally. I know the alphabet. Okay, I love Dublafe. Okay. Yeah. Can I just can I can I just stop and interrupt us for a minute? Yeah. We do have a special guest star here with us today. What's our special guest star? His name is Jesus Christ. And he's a bobblehead on the table next to the computer. I do shout out to my awesome brother and my sister in law for giving me I got a Jesus um, trophy for when I talked in their wedding because I was the winner. For mm. I I did like a I read something for their wedding and I I got a trophy. Good job, good for, for you. Doing it. You actually did do a really good job. Thanks, man. I did, and that's my trophy. And I he's usually in my office, like in my little um space. So he's here with us today. Does Jesus join us for every podcast? Yeah, he's with. He's with us every he's podcast. Always with us. Also with my alligator that holds up. I have my. I was trying to alligator. make a Jesus joke about him being always with us, and you didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> he is. Jesus always with you. He's a superstar. I was gonna sing it, but then I thought I probably am not allowed to. Nobody listens to us. Yeah, so. that's true. Okay, cool. So I think that we should, we should start talking about this. Okay, so I was just telling y'all that because I'm going to be really good at pronunciations in this. So this guy's name is, in English we would say Marcel, but since he is French, it is Marcel Petio. Okay? <laughs> Got it? That was really bad. Can you say Marcel Petio? Marcel Petio. There you go. Okay. Really good. Um, he is nicknamed Dr. Satan. <laughs> I like that a lot. So there's that. And you're going to find out why. Um, he's a serial killer. And what's that look on your face? I don't know. I was just thinking about Dr. Satan. It's so weird. Uh, you're going to put some pictures out of Dr. Satan, of him, later on. And he's a fucking creep. Like, he looks scary. Does he look like the Satan? If you, maybe. I feel like the Satan would have kind of a pointy face. He does Like a sharp features. Um, I don't, no, he just actually looks like a lunatic. Okay, like, like Charlie Manson? Yeah, but he, he actually, like, fooled a lot of people, so. Alright, well. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, I'm gonna give a shout out to, to Wikipedia. And also... <laughs> So this is going to be a super accurate episode? No, I told you guys that this is weird shit my mom reads on the internet. Yeah, it That's is. what this is. And also that I listen to in other podcasts. <laughs> so I did I did listen to some other podcasts. And there was an article that the doc sent me. Because this is, this is for him. Okay. Mr. 80s career woman. <laughs> he did allow his hair to get cut. I didn't think he looked like an 80s career woman that much. Because he, did it. he downplayed it, okay? Like, he didn't make his bangs fluffed out the way that he normally would. Oh, he'd been fluffing. He blow dries his bangs. Doc, did you mislead me in the representation of your your hair situation? He tried to make it look like I was the one. I'm out of control. It's me. I'm out of control. Not him. Okay. He said he would never wear shoulder pads. I think he listened to the episode last night. 
No, he listened to it last week. Oh, okay. I just got like a random text message from him about never wearing shoulder pads. Okay, so Doc sent an article. And he also looks like a man again, so it's good. He does. There was a haircut last night. I was there. Well, we were in the middle of doing a puzzle with cats. And wine. And earplugs. And we had wine. It was so good. All right. God, we're so bad at this. All right. Let's go back. Marcel Patio was born on January 17th of 1897 in Auxerre, Yonne, in north central France. France. Um, he is a Capricorn. Like you. Like me. So that can either be like a good thing for us cool Capricorns or... Or a bad thing when you're a serial killer. I guess. Like you'd be like, you'd be like a very meticulous mad person. Madman. Madman. By the age of 11... Patio um, fired his father's gun while he was in class. So, you know, just casual, like. <laughs> just like sitting in class. He was like, what year was it? It's early yeah. 1900s. So oh, yeah. So he's just hanging out in a class. And then also he um, propositioned a female classmate for sexual. Uh, yeah. So a little pervert. Yeah, he's a fucking perv. He He was like treating her like she was some sort of something. So that didn't go well for him. And then, like, during his teenage years, he, he was, like, kicked in and out of, of schools, you know, like, was kind of jacked around there because he was naughty. Yeah. And he robbed a post box and was charged with damage of public property and theft. Some other things to know about Petio, like, throughout his life, he is a severe kleptomaniac. So he's got some juvenile delinquencies going yes. on. Yes. And then also shout out to the podcast Serial Killers, because I, I was introduced to that podcast by finding an episode about him. I didn't know them. And they're, like, much more um, professional sounding than people like us. <laughs> really? Yeah, because... I thought that we were the most, the most professional. Well, because we're kind of, like, jokesters, and they are not. They're, yeah, we... they're serious about their craft. Well, that's good because I feel like then you feel like you can trust their research. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, if you want to do a book report on this fella, you should probably listen to somebody like them, not us. But if you want to have a good time, that's us. That's us. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. We think so. So, you know, he did some of these bad things, man. He was a fucking psycho. And he was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. And... As a child? Yeah. Like, throughout, you know, everyone's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. At various times. Well, at least people cared. Well. Enough to ask? I guess, yeah. Do we know anything about what his parents were like? Um, yeah, I found out. Like, getting out of order? I found out some things about them, but honestly, like, I can't remember that shit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, like, I tried, but then I didn't pay attention to I don't remember it being, like, I don't remember it being awful, but I could be super bad at that. So they are pretty typical? I don't know. Do you want me to look? No. I don't care that much. Okay. (laughs) If the listeners do, they can Google it. I mean, there was, like, a rumor, I think, that somebody kept his brain to look at later. Oh, that's pretty fun. He's pretty fucky. Okay. Kind of like how they kept that one guy's dick, but it's his brain instead. Is it in a jar? It's a dick in a jar. Yeah, it is. Like, it was... Rasputin, Rasputin's oh, dick was yeah, kept okay. in a jar. He he was result. It, he had to undergo the psychiatric 
psychiatric evaluation, and that resulted in charges being dismissed when it was judged that he did have mental illness. Okay. So later on, there are various claims of delinquency and bad things that he did in his youth, but people kind of wonder about that because they're like, okay, did they just invent that afterwards to make his story sound more interesting? Yeah, newspapers did make a lot of shit up back then. They sure did. So, like, they were just about as reputable as we are. Yeah. To be quite fair. And maybe less so. I think less Because we so. try. We do, a little bit. It was reaffirmed in uh, March of 1914 that he was sick in the head. Like I said, he was expelled, like, a ton of times from different schools. And he finished his education eventually. And then he be- he went to um, a special academy in Paris in July of 1915. In Paris? In Paris? I did way better at that word. Okay, Lumiere. Lumiere. <laughs> How can they call him Lumiere when you're not really supposed to say the Lumiere. R? Lumiere. It would be like, Lumiere? Oh, no. Anyway. All right. Ask Google how to say that. The Googs. Okay, so after school was done in 1916... Like, in January of 1916, he volunteered to go into the French army during World War One. That was nice of him. Yeah, it was nice of him. But I feel Were like... Were they on our side? I feel like he just wanted to do that so that he could kill things. That's true, because I had this one employee of mine in the past, and he said that if he hadn't gotten married so young, because he got married pretty young, he's like, if I, didn't, I haven't met my wife and got married so young, I would have gone into the military so I could stab someone. And... He just said that to you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a serial killer. He even has a serial killer background story. And I tell him, I've told him in person many times before that I think that he might be a serial killer. And he said, maybe I am. Did you encourage him to look into the Dexter kind of uh, way of I life, think he knows or? about these things. Uh, yeah. Like, he's he's a really nice person. He does, like, missionary work and, and he's Haiti a really and stuff. He's a really nice person. Like, He's been, like, he, he and I get along really well. I'm just saying that, like, I think that if he did murder people, he would murder bad people. Like, if that, if that means anything. I'm sorry about that person that you know. All right, let's see here. He was wounded and gassed during the Second Battle of the Ain and exhibited more symptoms of a mental breakdown, you know, after all of this. So they sent him to various what they called rest homes, which is basically for, you know, people that are going through it with their brain yeah he was arrested for stealing army blankets morphine and other army supplies as well as wallets photographs and letters like he would steal fucking people's letters why mail theft is weird is a federal offense i don't know if that's true in france but it is here he was jailed in orleans or what we would say is orleans ah that word I just, um, I'm having fun here. Was that the original Orleans and, like, New Orleans is? I would take a bet. That's what I thought. I didn't look that shit up. I'm just going to go with it. But that's what I'm going to tell everybody now. Guess what? This was the original Orleans. Later on, they made a new one. Okay. In Louisiana. I'm going to talk about that one later on in our next episode. Orleans? Yeah. Okay. So, he was sent to the psychiatric hospital in Fleury-le-Umbre. Umbre. Just kidding. Did I say that right? I, nobody knows. Yeah, the people in France know. Well, 
I mean, to be fair, not very many of them Fleur listen to us. Le I don't know if we've ever had a single listener from France, to okay, be well, honest. But Canada, we have a lot of them, and they know. Oh, maybe. man. Okay, guys. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're trying. He was again diagnosed with, like, various different mental illnesses. Yeah. Of, of what those variety are in France at that time. I don't know. And then he returned to the front lines... Again, in June of 1918. Well, they need so, guys. So. No rest for the wicked. They were probably like, well, that guy's kind of fucked up. Should we send him out there? He can go stabby stab people. Well, they were looking for people that were comfortable stabbing people, and I think that that was an appropriate use of his talents. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was. Three weeks later, he allegedly injured his own foot. I've seen that he injured his foot with a grenade or also shooting himself in the foot. Okay. To, so, like, get out of it. Oh, so he was a little bitch. Yeah, and then he got, like, attached to a new regiment. So this person with no military background. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's like, I can't take it. I mean, it's got to be bad if you will, like, shoot yourself or blow your foot up. Yeah, because he's probably pretty selfish. I, I feel like he probably didn't blow his whole foot up. Just, like, a little bit of it? Because it didn't seem, it seemed like he still had his feet. So, like, a baby toe that was maybe blown off? Do you think he, like... Yeah, maybe he just shot off his baby toe. They could have. I know somebody that, I mean, like, they didn't have prosthetics like they do, but I knew a guy that shot his foot off, and they just cut the front of his foot off, and they had, like, an insert that went into his shoe, and he could just do stuff, and he would buy toddler socks, like, little toddler socks for his tiny foot. It was pretty cool. They would show us. I mean, it's not cool, but. I mean, he got around just fine. And then he got a new diagnosis, which was enough to get him actually discharged. And he got a full disability pension. Well, that was probably warranted. Yeah. So he's like, okay, on to the next thing. What am I going to do now that I'm done warring? He entered this accelerated education program that was intended for um, war veterans. Okay. And he actually was able to go through this program and he completed medical school in eight months oh no yeah that's all you need but back then how long did it take a normal doctor that wasn't accelerated about three weeks (laughs) okay (laughs) that's truth okay that's a little bit of training to become a doctor no wonder okay so he gets an accelerated medical degree He, he finishes up you know in a mere eight months because genius And he became an intern um, at a medical hospital in Ivra. Ivra? Okay. Ivra. Ivra. It's a town or whatever. Yeah. In France. In France. (laughs) Um, He got his medical degree in December of 1920. And at that point, he relocated to Villeneuve-sur-Yonne, where he received payment for... He got those payments, like, for being a disabled vet, basically. Oh, yeah. But also, he was getting, you know, payments from all of his patients. Well, that's good. So he was making a lot of money. As one should, as a doctor. Yeah, yeah. A real doctor? Sure. Well, you know. I mean, like, I don't know if if he counted as a real doctor. I don't know if he cheated his way through that. Hard to say. He might have been just fine. Maybe. But just also had other problems. Yeah, well, he was also getting addicted to narcotics. Oh, that's smart. And while he's working there, he, he did gain, like, a good reputation. I thought you were going to say gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He got a little chubby. <laughs> he got a little chubby, but he kept going with it. But he waddled his way through. Okay, sorry. No, what did he really he gain? He didn't really get chubby. He got a reputation for dubious medical practices. Ooh. For example, he really liked to f- help fellow narcotics addicts. Like, he really liked to get people hooked on his shit. He liked dealing drugs. I think that that might have been because, like, if I had to take a guess here, it's probably because he wanted them to keep coming back to him. Yeah, because they had to pay him probably for that shit. Like, he is a drug dealer of yore. Okay. The time period of yore. I get it. Get it? Of, like, is it yore as it's spelled Y-O-R-E in that situation? Like, days of yore. How do you spell that yore? Because I know about all the yores and how people misspell them. And what about that one? And like, like the days of yore. Not like this is your cup. I know what I'm saying. How do you spell that type of yore? I think it's Y O R. Oh, that could be. I don't know. I'm not gonna chance driving my phone to Google. I'm really, I'm really. I'm trying not to things move. up this time. Okay, days of yore. So he got he these pill, uh, the narcotics for other narcotics to make money like a drug dealer would. Uh huh. And then, like every other <laughs> doctor that I've ever talked about, um, he performs illegal abortions. Yeah. Because I swear to God, I don't do this on purpose. But every single time that I talk about a person, that's what they end well, up. That's like we talk about criminals, and it was illegal. Yeah. Anyway, it's like a thing. Yeah. People would make money for that. Um, As well as for petty theft. Did everyone hear that there wasn't a P-pop sound? You might have done it. Is it called a P-pop? And there's a nice picture of him and some woman. It was probably like a wife. (laughs) It was just like a lady. Okay. Okay. Let's hear about that. So, actually, um, they think that one of his first, very first murder victim they believe may have been the granddaughter of an elderly patient okay oh just kidding or a daughter it's an old lady and she either had a daughter or a granddaughter or both and her daughter slash possibly granddaughter was named louise de levant and he was like having they called it an affair with her, but I believe that that would just be called having a girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, like, if nobody was married. Yeah, I don't know why they always say that. This was in 1926. So, you know, the flapper era. Okay. De Lavaux disappeared during May of that year. Oh. Like, she just went missing. And neighbors later said that they had seen Petio load the trunk of his car. Just kidding. Load a trunk into his car. Oh, okay. Because I don't think cars had, like, a, did they have a trunk? Maybe he loaded a trunk into his trunk. You got a lot of trunk. Maybe they called trunk. it a trunk because, no, oh, I because you, you called... could fit a trunk in it. Or, I mean, like, it was like, a, it is like a trunk, but it's just a trunk and it's attached to your car. So, it, I you could really go either way. <laughs> You're so <laughs> smart. I'm fucking super smart you are okay so the police did investigate this and they eventually just dismissed her case as a runaway however like they did find like a chopped up body Mm. later on where 
And nobody wanted to admit that that probably was her, but it probably was. Okay. Anyway, um, that same year, Petio, he campaigned to be the mayor of Villeneuve-sur-Yonne. Okay. Can I just get like a redo on that one? Yeah. Villeneuve-sur-Yonne. Yonne. Villeneuve-sur-Yonne. One of those times you probably got it right. Well, guess what, Canadians? I love you, but you don't live in France. <laughs> they don't. They probably don't know. They're okay. like, I don't fucking know. But he did hire somebody to disrupt a political debate with his opponent. Oh. And he ended up winning. And afterwards, he was just like, well, I don't, I guess I kind of fucked with things, but what are you guys going to do about it now? Ha! <laughs> He's like, I guess I won anyway. Yeah. Not yeah. fair and square, but who gives a fuck I won. And while he was in office, he was like, of course, embezzling town funds. That sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. And then he went on and he met um, the daughter of a wealthy landowner. I said odor. <laughs> landowner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. There was some stinky land. It was a daughter. She was 23 years old. Her name was Georgette Lable. Georgette. Or we would English? say Georgette. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be the translator. <laughs> Um, she was 23 at the time. Okay. And she was the daughter of a wealthy landowner and butcher in Senule. Cool. And they had a son together that was born in April of 1928. His name was Gerhard. Gerhard. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. You're really good at this. <laughs> really good translator. So the prefect of Yonan the place where he's the mayor of, they received a lot of complaints about him, you know, because he was, like, thieving things. Yeah. And he was being dubious. <clears throat> he was dirty. AF. With all of his financial dealings. Okay. So he was up to no good. He was a stinker. <laughs> Such what? a stinker. He was a rascal. Okay. He was eventually just suspended as mayor. But he did have a lot of supporters still. But he, he was suspended in 1931, and then he was like, all right, I'll just resign from being the mayor because okay. I cheated and, you know, I took some things that didn't belong to me. It's cool. But he had a lot of these people still that were like, no, we love you, Petio. And because he was probably giving them narcotics and things. Probably. And there was like a and bunch covering of... Covering their dirty deeds or something. Yeah. There was a bunch of the village council that also like resigned along with him. Oh. So like he's as, got a following. Yeah. Like as a sympathy resignation. Okay. Who does this remind you of? <clears throat> Charles Manson. No. Was Charles Manson ever a mayor? I was just thinking about like a cult leader where people followed them even though they shouldn't have real leadership skills. No, I'm talking about the one, remember the doctor that was from that one big haunted castle? Oh, yeah. What, place what, that well, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because there was a word that you called him in that episode and I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, what was it? What was the name of that guy? Because was his name George? I th Maybe. I want to call him George Parker and that's not right. That was a different episode. That was the Harvard murder. Okay, well, I actually... The Harvard murder. Harvard. I did an episode. I think it was, like, the very first murder one that I did. It was the... Yeah, it was, like, our second episode. We did that one in person, too. 
What was okay? What was the name of the hotel from that? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't remember anything Iowa that I do in life. Doctor who pretended to cure, to cancer. cure cancer. Cancer. Oh my god, it's gonna take forever to look up because your internet's so slow. Okay. Well, anyway, that's who this reminds me of. Okay, yeah, I I'm getting that kind of vibe too. Yeah. Remember he made the calliophone. Yeah. Yeah, getting that vibe off this. Like whatever the it's fuck a whole his name is. I nobody psychopathy. knows. Psychopathy. <laughs> anyway, five weeks later, on October eighteenth, he was then elected as a counselor of Yona Department. Department? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Yon Department. Okay. So he's a counselor for like the new mayor or what? I don't know. Like, the council members, like, all the ones that were like, we quit, too. Oh. He, like, just got to be a member of that. But well, in, that's cool. In 1932, um, he was accused of stealing electricity from the village, and he lost oh. his council seat. And by this time, he had already relocated to Paris. Oh, okay. So, went over to Paris. That's my next translation. Okay. In Paris, Peto attracted patients by using fake credentials. I thought See, he was a real doctor. He though. is a real doctor, but obviously he's not good enough. Like he's just maybe he let his medical license lapse while he was being a politician. Maybe okay. In Paris, Petio attracted patients using his fake credentials, um, and then he again built an impressive reputation. This time, impressive instead of as a scoundrel. Oh, so he learned a lesson last time. Then he's got to cover his tracks a little better. Yeah. All right. And he had a practice on. Rue de Comaton. Okay. I don't know how to translate that It's one. basically at 66 on Co-Martin Road. Okay. So he's just got to practice there. Yeah. And people Comaton? like him. And he's probably giving them narcotics, and I he's guess. Still, he's probably still taking narcotics. He's still doing abortions. He's giving out all the prescriptions. People are loving him because they're like, I love morphine. Okay, or I mean, I get it. Whatever else they're giving them. You'd think they would just go and drink some Coca-Cola. They're giving them the cocaine. Somehow he got himself appointed as as basically like the medical examiner. Oh, good like call. To, oh, so he, he got to write the death certificates. They call it Medicine d'état civil. Just, okay. I, whatever. I don't know why I'm even trying with that one. Yeah, that okay. one. I just, I don't know. You just say medical examiner. Yeah, yeah. Um, same year, he was institutionalized briefly for um, kleptomania. Okay. But was also released the next year. But he just, like, persisted. He he kept on doing, like, tax evasion also. Well, I mean, if he's healing people. He is a healer. All right. Let's talk about World War II. All right. So World War II starts happening. After 1940, when the Germans defeated France, French citizens were started to be drafted for the forced labor in Germany. Yeah. So Petio, he at this point started providing fake medical disability certificates to people who were drafted or conscripted. Well, I kind of understand that. We did learn about conscription during one of my episodes. We sure did. Recently. That makes me kind of like him a little bit because this is the Nazis we're talking about getting out of helping the Nazis. Sure. Yep. Yep, you just so I guess you hold got, on to that. You hold on to that thought. 
Okay, well, I'm just, I don't know what this guy fully did yet. Like, maybe he didn't really kill that first girl. And, like, I can't say he did nothing good in his life. Okay. Because he got people out of being a Nazi. He did, yeah. Okay. Okay. He also was treating some of of the people that came back, uh, some of the workers who returned. In July of 1942, he, he did get in trouble. Um, and he was convicted of overprescribing of the narcotics. And the two addicts that would have testified against him, they just disappeared. Oh. So I'm sure that was fine. I'm sure nothing bad came of them. I bet that they just... They got scared a little bit. He was fined 2400 francs. How, what is that in today's... It's like... Dollars. Okay, here's the thing about this article that I'm reading. Like, I don't know if that means 2,400 francs of that year or of today's money. Because later on, there's a reference to money that just, like, I find to be absolutely unbelievable for that time period. Okay. So... To the, him, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, because this is, I mean, we've seen this in a lot of cases where they're finding rich people and they're just being rich. And I mean, that happens, right? Like they find rich people and it would have been a big deal for a poor person, but it's not. Yeah. Or even a middle class person, but these people are already wealthy and like they don't give a fuck. They're just like, whatever, okay. Well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. During this time, there was a lot of resistance activities going on. So, um, so if you think about this time period, if the Germans occupy France, then that means that they're also trying to eradicate the Jews and they also yeah. go, they also do go after like homosexuals and anyone that's living the, you know, the queer lifestyle as they called it in France, in Paris at that time. There was a lot of that going on. Yeah. Like, that was a big thing. Like, the underground, you know, the seedier side of town where people would live. Like, a lot of that was targeted. I'm sure it was. In that area. So, the resistance activities were people that were fighting against what was called the the French Gestapo. So, like, you had the Gestapo that was, you know, the German, which was basically their secret state police. Okay. That were, like basically working for Hitler in his initiatives. So there's, of course, going to be some people in France that are like, yeah, yeah, we're on board with you, Gestapo. Yeah. You know, we're going to do your dirty work. Please don't kill us kind of thing. We'll Mm -hmm. help you however you want kind of thing. Supposedly, they developed secret weapons that killed Germans that didn't leave forensic evidence. Okay. And... And this guy and, and helped with that? The, he's saying later on, that he, this is what he's claiming later on, is that he helped with this, like, in the resistance activities. Okay. Um, You know, and other things like planting booby traps all over Paris and um, had high-level meetings with Allied commanders and worked with some group of, like, Spanish anti-fascists, which... I guess don't even didn't even really exist. Like he made that shit up, um, because there's no evidence of any of these statements being true. Okay, so he's just claiming to be like a resistance war hero. Yes. Okay. Yes, but he gets a lot of people in his corner this way. 
I'm like, sure. He I explains mean. a lot of what he does later on by saying that he is is awesome. Okay. However, in 1980, now this is like I'm just gonna read this like straight from the Wikipedia because Wikipedia is like super reliable. Yeah. So what you use quote to write book reports. He was cited by former U.S. spymaster Colonel John F. Grombach. Was that this? Wait, hold up. What? It was spymaster his real job title? Is that a real job title? Um, no. Okay. I just wanted to know if it was. I wanted to be one. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> no. Okay. You can call yourself Spymaster Cece. I guess if it's not like a real job, then I guess I could. You could. All right. Again, uh, he was cited by former U.S. Spymaster Colonel John F. Grombach as a World War II source. Grombach had been founder and commander of a small independent espionage agency known later as, quote, The Pond, unquote which operated from 1942 to 1955. Grombach asserted that Petiot had reported the Katyn Forest Massacre, German missile development at Penemunda, and the names of Ubwa agents sent to the U.S. While these claims were not corroborated by any records of other intelligence services, in 2001, some pond records were discovered, including a cable that mentioned Petio. So he was so a helper. He could have been a helper. He might not have been a helper, but he was mostly into helping himself. Well, yeah. All right. So this kind of leads into he puts himself out there as someone that is working for Le, Le Resistance, right? He's going to be a yeah. helper. He is going to find some of these folks an escape network out of France. The people that are being targeted okay. by the Gestapo and the French Gestapo. So he made the most money. Like, he really raked in the dough in this regard. Oh, so he's not helping them out of the goodness of his heart. Well, he started using a code name. Uh, we would call it Dr. Eugene, but in French it would be Eugene. So Dr. Eugene. And he came up with this false escape route. So he pretended to have the means of getting the people uh, that were wanted by the Germans or the Vichy government to safety outside of France. Okay. Um. I believe it was South America, yes. So, like, Argentina or someplace else in South America, like, through Portugal, he would say he was going to take them. And it was a price of 25,000 francs per person. Okay. So, what he would tell them, he would tell them to make sure and bring, like, all of their stuff. Yeah, because they're going forever. Yeah, bring all of your stuff. All of your worldly possessions that you can carry on you. Make sure you get it all because you don't want anybody else to get that. And he had these other accomplices that were helping him to save these people. Okay. Okay. So as far as I know, I don't know that these accomplices really knew the true extent of what was happening here. Other than, and I don't know like what kind of a cut they got or whatever, but he had these guys 
There was one named Raoul Foutier. There was Edmond Pintard. It's Pintard. That's his name. <laughs> it's Edmond okay. Pintard. And then there's René Gustave Nozunde. Okay. And then they actually just directed these people. Most of them were the Jews. Right on to Dr. Eugene or Eugene. And then other resistance fighters or other ordinary criminals, you know, that were, were getting into trouble. They were all directing people right to him. Yeah, to get out. But really, let me guess, were they paying they would this fee to be murdered and have all their worldly possessions stolen? Bingo. You win. I figured it out. Do you still think he's a good guy? No, I don't think he's a good guy anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he used the guy, like, these horrible things happening to people, and he just just like, how can I, how can I make money off of this? (sighs) Take advantage of others. Once victims were under his control, Petio told them that the Argentine officials required, like, a whole bunch of, in order to get into the country, they had to be inoculated against a bunch of different diseases. So he would, you know, get together this cocktail and he would tell them like, okay, hold still. I'm going to inject you. Oh, and so that was like a vaccine. Yeah, he said it was a vaccine and instead he was injecting them with cyanide. Okay, so he's not like going through like a sadistic. I just imagine he was going to have some kind of weird sadistic way he was murdering them. No, not until after. He's just enjoying. Oh, okay. Let's I need to know more about what are you doing after they died because right now i'm just like like you're a serial killer but you're just cyaniding people well i mean let's think back to what happened to his his little girlfriend yeah like what happened to her what the fuck yeah let's learn i also um did i mention in there that he got married um i said he got married well he got married and then Oh, that was a girlfriend that died, but not the wife. No, I did talk about because you said Georgette. Oh, yeah, so Georgette, she's been around this whole time. She has. Does she? Is she partaking in this? Well, what's her situation? He bought, like they had their own home, and if I'm understanding it correctly, he bought this like entire other house in order to like carry out his dirty work. And the house was Separate at... Separate murder house. Yeah, it was at 21 Rula Sewer. So it sounds like literally like sewer. Yeah. Um, was it in the sewer district? No. <laughs> I don't know. It was near the Arc de, Arc de Triomphe. I don't know what that is, but... Okay. Well, it's a landmark in Paris. Oh, I don't make enough money for that. <laughs> okay. So he would take all of their valuables and then dispose of the bodies. At first, he was like, oh, this is... Oops. At first, he was like, this is super easy. He, I'm just going to dump these bodies in the Seine. The Seine is a river. Okay. You looked at me weird. Were you like, what the fuck is the Seine? Yeah, I was kind of weirded out. The Seine. <laughs> the river Seine. <laughs> the river Seine. <laughs> that is not what it's called. The Seine. Is this okay. a river? Later, he, he was like, okay, there's too many bodies. Like, there's so many bodies. He's like, what do I do? Yeah. Um. So he just started like getting quick lime, uh, and he would oh, like yeah. melt them in the quick lime, or he would start incinerating them. 
So that they first use the river and then you fly them and yeah. then he would burn them. Yeah. And like things had to be chopped up, you know, in order for things to happen the way that they yeah. needed to happen to dispose of them. So you're talking about there's body parts. Okay. That's yeah. where we we get to that to the gross stuff. His wife like thinks he's the greatest. Well, yeah, he's a provider. She thinks he's the greatest. I mean, like, some of the stuff, it sounded like she probably knew about, like, the kleptomania stuff. Like, I'm sure she knew about some of his oddities. Obviously, he's got, you know, he's he's had some issues with, with thievery. Yeah. Stealing stuff from people. I mean, he's been in and out of these positions as a mayor and a councilman and all this other stuff. Like, he just keeps getting away with things. Yeah. But she's just like, no, he's wonderful. Well, she's in love. She's in love, and she's stupid. So, in 1941, um, like I said, he bought this house, and he purchased the house the same week that Henry Lefant returned to Paris with money and permission from the Ovois to recruit new members for the French Gestapo. Okay. Okay. This Henri Lefant, or Henry Lefant, he was like one of the top dudes in the French Gestapo. Okay. The Gestapo eventually did learn about his quote unquote route for escape of the people that they were looking for mm-hmm. to get away from the resistance. Wait, that didn't make any sense. Why? I thought it made sense. So, like, they're not getting away from the resistance. Oh my gosh. Well, they're not, yeah. They're trying to get away from the Gestapo. Yes, the resistance is trying to get away from the Gestapo. So, so the Gestapo learns about the resistance path that they think people are getting away with but really they're just getting straight murdered yeah they don't think that people are getting murdered like they think that they're getting to argentina yeah and really he's working for the gestapo in the the end anyway yeah he's taking work off their hands so they come up with like the gestapo comes up this guy named so are you ready to are you ready to be an interpreter yeah okay robert Yutku. Robert Yutku. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just like Robert. I looked up how to say Robert in like all these different languages. I decided <laughs> I decided that since he's in the Gestapo, he's probably German. So I did one with the German. So Okay. Robert Yutku. Yeah. Um he forced this prisoner named Ivan Dreyfus, who I believe was Jewish, to approach this supposed network. So he just, like, sent Dreyfus and was like, go on now. Go run away to Argentina and tell me what happens. And dude just vanishes. Yeah, because he got Because he got murdered. Yeah. They set him up. I mean, like, it's terrible. Like, bad things were probably going to happen to him. And then really bad things happened to him. Yeah. And then later, they had an, an informer that successfully, like, did infiltrate the operation. And then they arrested Fouye, Pintard, and <laughs> Those were, like, those three dudes that okay. he were working with Yeah, the, the friends. And during torture, they confessed that Dr. Eugene, or Dr. Eugene, was actually Marcel, or... Marcel Petit. Did they know that he was murdering people? No. Oh. 
No. I really don't think that they did. Nozonde was later released, but the other three spent eight months in prison because they were suspected of helping Jews to escape. Yeah. But they were, like, tortured and stuff, and they did not identify any other members of the resistance because they really didn't know of any. Yeah. they really weren't working with the resistance. Yeah, they were just robbing they were just people robbing and people. murdering them. I don't know if these other dudes, like, knew about the murders or what. It doesn't seem like they did, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. The Gestapo did end up releasing all three of the men in January of 1944. Okay. Okay. So now let's fast forward here. It is March of 1944, March 11th, and we're down on Rue Le Right? That's the yeah. road where he bought that nice little house where he could carry out his deeds. So many bodies that he was like, I got to start burning these people. Yeah, and that's right? going to probably smell bad. Well, okay. Neighbors were like, they started to complain to compl- to complete, I almost said. <laughs> Neighbors started to complain to the popo, to the police, um, about a foul, stinky in the area yeah and there was like a ton of smoke like shooting out of this chimney of the house yeah because he's burning they're like what the fuck a lot is that? of bodies all of this is so reminiscent of so many other serial killers of this time in fact our own grandfather <laughs> yeah the way you said that what our own grandfather yeah if you haven't listened to our very first episode you can ignore the sound issues but You'll you'll learn more about yeah about us. <laughs> he cooked a lady. Yeah, he did. Anyway, so they were like actually scared that there was a chimney fire in there because they're like, "What the fuck is that? Isn't there on? supposed to be fires in chimneys?" I yeah. I mean, maybe not. Is it like a separate fireball that shoots into your house from your chimney? <laughs> I feel like it's a fireball that shoots out and in. Fireball. I like that pitbull song. I just... Is it called fireball? No, yes. It's, it's fireball because one it time... It really is called fireball. So I maybe made that no, up. Okay. Because one time when you had that fireball phone... The one that would blow up. Oh, yeah. Galaxy. Um, I set my ringtone to fireball for you. Okay. I'm... And then I was at a checkout, and the song started to play, and I didn't realize it was, and I was kind of, like, dancing a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, I really love this song. And then the people are looking at me like I'm a weirdo, and I was like, oh, my God, my phone's ringing, and it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so So chimney fire, fireball coming in from the chimney So they just, like, busted into the house. Yeah. I mean, they have to. It's a fire. And they found a great fire. In the cool well, of dead bodies? the basement. And there were some people parts. Oh, Did fuck. you hear my clothes People parts. Yeah. They were like scattered all over in the basement. There's a picture of it right there. So you might be getting to this, but was his motivation for murdering, the motivation was money or was the motivation the love of murder? I mean, like, I feel like he loved his work, or he wouldn't have kept doing it so long. Well, when you're selfish, though, you make a lot of money. Like, it, it seems like maybe he's more financially motivated than. I think he's just motivated like, by normal being a serial bad person. killer. Yeah, like he's just into anything that is dubious. 
Okay, so yeah, so it's it's a selfish thing more so than a. You seem very disappointed. Well, because you, want I was him trying to, to figure it out. Well, no, because I was. I think it makes sense given that you didn't find anything notable in his childhood that would have made him into a serial killer type person. Well, there might have been something notable in his childhood, and I just seriously am bad at this. Well, I think the fact that he's. I I just think at this point, from what I've learned, that it seems like he's just financially motivated. I just am always curious about what motivates people. That's all. To murder, that is. I don't okay. care a lot about other motivations besides wanting well, to know about murder. he was a bad murderers. kid. Yeah. They found a pit filled partly with quicklime in the backyard. And also, um, they found, like, a big canvas bag full of parts. Gross. Yeah. In his home, they found enough body parts to account for at least 10 victims. And then also scattered throughout his property, there were suitcases and clothing and just, like, other property from people okay. that he had stolen. And then immediately, it just, like, blows up into this crazy nutso media circus all over Europe, like Switzerland, Belgium, Scandinavia, yeah. people... I mean, because it's, it's shocking what he was doing. Okay, well, riddle me this. <laughs> yes? They were going to... Okay, so the government was going to murder these people anyway. I'm not saying that they deserve to die. This is not what I'm getting at. Right. But I'm saying, like, they, they were going to murder these people anyway. And then it's this big news that somebody else is murdering them, probably in a more humane way. It's sick for me to say, but a more humane way than how they were going to be murdered by the Germans. Yeah, but like Is pretending that, that you're going to be the their savior. I mean, that's fucked up. But I like I feel like I'd rather have been killed by Doctor Satan than be killed in a concentration camp. I mean, I'd rather not die. I know. I mean, like Period. it's a super fucked up thought. It's a super fucked up thought. But like, isn't that's weird, right? Like, so you That's think interesting that, so that. do you think that he was, oh man, I hit a thing. Yeah. So do you think that possibly, are, are you trying to argue that he could have been like doing them a favor? No, he wasn't. I'm not going to say that at all. I'm just saying it's just a weird thought that I had. That's all. It is really weird. Well, Batman wants in. Because he loves me. Uh, Cece has realized why Batman the cat why his love is so coveted yeah cause he's really special yeah you don't isn't he special you don't get like love from a cat like that everyday no and it happened to you didn't it yeah can I share a picture of Batman that one that I took yes you took okay. a beautiful photo of his little face yeah he's cute uh, but yeah no I just it was just food for thought that's all okay no, it's interesting. It's a gross thought, but it is. Well, yeah, just being philosophical. I didn't. I don't mean any disrespect by it. Blech. Yeah. Let me see. So he kind of goes into hiding. He's running away. Everyone's looking for him, and he he hid with friends. Um, the way he was able to do this was much how he did everything else. Like he gets these supporters. People still think that he. He lies to them and tells them that he's part of the resistance. Like, no, 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 I'm helping. Those dead bodies, 
those are actually just Germans that I was killing kind of things. Like, no, 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 yeah. our, I did. I did help people, right? And there's, he told all these people that were hiding him and friends that he was in trouble because he had killed Germans and informers. So he eventually started living with a patient of his named Jojo. It's just George. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jojo Redut. The guy basically hid him there. He grew out his beard and he had a few different aliases that he was using. And then during the liberation of Paris in 1944. So all of this is coming to fruition as things are kind of wrapping up. And Petio adopted the name. One of his aliases was Henri Valeret. And he joined the French Forces of the Interior, or FFI, in the uprising against the Germans. Okay. Against the, the Gestapo. He actually became a captain in this in charge of counter-espionage and prisoner interrogations. So he got to torture people? This man is living a life. Like, think about the crazy things that he has done in his lifetime. Like, he somehow comes back into power again. Yeah. What is this universe that allows these kinds of things to happen? Money. Not even money. It's just, like, insane. You don't think that that's insane? That this it is person, so crazy. Like, he's able to rise to some sort of powerful leadership position time and again. Yeah, he's probably got charisma. My God. There was a newspaper called Resistance, and it was published in an article. They, they put stuff in there about Petio. And his defense attorney from the 1942 narcotics case... Um, received a letter in which his fugitive client claimed that the published allegations were just lies. They gave police a hint that Petio was still in Paris. Oh, in the article? Yeah. Like... Yeah, they didn't mean to give him up, but they did. Yeah. All right. And then from that point, like, a new search was on. They were looking for Petio. And then Henri Valeré, who is actually Petio... He joins the the search for himself. (laughs) I mean, that was a good way to... Yeah. He's, like, in that group of people that are drafted to find him. Yeah. As this, you know, captain in charge of counter-espionage and prisoner interrogation. So he's going to go out and find Petio, even though it is him. And then... This is 1942, so? No, this is... No, no, no. No. What year? This is 44. Oh, okay. So the war's still going on, though. Yeah, yeah. On Halloween of that year, October 31st, Petio was recognized at the Paris metro station. Somebody was like, I know that guy. That's the murderer. Yeah. And then he was arrested. In his possessions, he had a pistol. He had 31,700 francs and 55-0 sets of identity documents. Holy shit. So, like, 55 different names? 50 different names. Oh, my God. Right. From that point, he was imprisoned at La Sante Prison. Um, He claimed that he was innocent and that he had only killed enemies of France. Basically, he's like, what? All those bodies? Yeah. Those were bad guys. They were bad guys. I didn't do anything wrong. Right? Yeah. They discovered that pile of bodies in, in Suer, on Suer Street or 
Rulers to wear. In February of 1944, but had assumed that they were collaborators killed by members of his resistance network. However, the police found that Petio didn't have any friends in any of the major resistance groups. So they're like, hmm, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So some of these resistance groups he spoke of had never even existed. And there was no proof uh, about any of his his claimed exploits. Yeah. None of it. None of it. Prosecutors eventually charged him with at least 27 murders for profit. Their estimate of his gains was as much as 200 million francs, which would be 211, 480,000 U.S. dollars. $211 million. $211.5. That's fucking nuts. And that's the one you think is in today's money? I feel like that's in today's money. Like, how could that possibly be in there in that time period? That would be yeah. like billions of dollars. That would be. That seems ridiculous to me, right? Could be, though. Could be. It's a lot of fucking money, whatever it was. Yeah, it was a lot of money for sure. Yeah, that's how much he, like, made overall. So he was tried on March 19th of 1946 and accused of 135 criminal charges. He had a celebrity attorney named René Floyo. This is the one that you wanted to call it. What did you call it? Froyo. Froyo. Yeah. Like frozen yogurt. When you were pronouncing it, it just sounded, I think actually Google or whoever it was was pronouncing it. And it sounded like they were saying Froyo to me. It's not. All right, so he's celebrity attorney Froyo. Okay, <laughs> and the guy acted in his defense, of course, as his That's defense job, attorney. Yeah, his job. And he was up against a team comprised of state prosecutors and twelve civil lawyers that were hired by relatives of Petio's victims. So they had like a team of people that were like, "Fuck right off." That's that's just all so complicated to me because of the Nazis at this time. Because the war ended in September of that year. And, like, where did their family get the lawyers? Because these were people that were fleeing because they were being prosecuted. I mean, like... I don't know. That's just really interesting. I mean, like, I don't know a lot about France. And, like, how many of the Jews from France were being taken. But... Like, a lot, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, like, they were occupied. It just seems like they're really up against it in that situation. Yeah. So... Petio was basically, like, taunting the prosecuting lawyers, and he claimed that various victims had been collaborators or double agents. He also was like, oh, they just vanished, and they're alive and well in South America. They're just using new names. Like, everything's fine. You're wrong. Yeah. He did admit to killing 19 of the 27 victims that were found in the house, and he claimed that they were Germans or collaborators. Which yeah. was not illegal or was illegal? I don't know. Supposedly, he killed a total of 63. Okay. 63. It's just like so enemies. much gray area because I don't understand like what parts of it were illegal and what weren't. And all of it's illegal when you kill people. I know, but like, is killing German Gestapo. Like, that would is be the fine. Gestapo's okay to kill? I thought that I thought that Paris was under Nazi rule at that time. I don't know. I feel like this had to be like right on the cusp of when things flew back over to the... Yeah, I think I just don't know enough about World War II. Yeah. 
It's all very confusing. His his defense attorney basically was like portraying him as a resistance hero and the judges and the jury just were like not having it. Yeah, because I'm just so confused about whether or not being part of the resistance was okay. Well, at this point, it had to be, because otherwise, he wouldn't even be on trial. Yeah, I guess not. I don't know. It's a very great I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make it. He was convicted of 26 counts of murder, and he was sentenced to death by beheading on May 25th of 1946. So, what is that, two months later? Yeah. God dang, that's fast. They were killing, back in the day, they used to just kill people, like, like, right away. They were like, let's get him a speedy trial and a quick murder. Not a murder, but a death sentence afterwards. That's really fast. I mean, nowadays, you would sit in the slam for a long time. It actually took them a while (laughs) to actually carry this out. Oh, can I, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. I was really wrong. It wasn't September of 1946. It was September of 1945 that World War II ended. Ended. So that's okay. Okay, here I was like, I make okay. I don't know. You made me doubt myself. I was just, I understandably, I was just like, I don't know which one the government's okay with killing, and like, is I mean, like, you shouldn't kill people anyway. But it's just, it was very confusing for me. Okay, in my head, in my head, I was like, I thought it was nineteen forty-five, but then again, I was like, you know what, you know some things. So I'm not gonna. Well, I learned it from one of the cases, and I just I thought it was 1946, but it must have been a different date from that okay. case. All right, I'm really sorry. Well, that's good to know then. Yeah, it. I I so, understand a little better now. So basically, like he was being found out in 44, war ends in 45. Okay. And then they're like, let's get back to business as usual as a decent human being or a decent race of human beings. Yeah. And let's get him convicted of you know killing a bunch of jews and and um, other victims of the holocaust in 46 yes so at which point on may 25th just a couple months after he was convicted he was beheaded by guillotine it took a few extra days because there was a problem with the release mechanism of the guillotine and he was buried at every cemetery all right so that's that's what happened. They did make a movie about him in 1990 called Doctor Petio. When, like, was do you know anything about how he got called Doctor Satan? Like, was the newspaper calling him Doctor Satan? Or I just like that's a really cool name, and I just want to know who, who gets the credit, or if that was like part of like movie. No, culture. I I think it was something that that they started calling him like during the time of when everything was unfolding like okay. when the media circus was happening okay yeah i mean because, like it sounds like something that the media at that time would have made up right i mean dr satan because here he's pretending to help these poor people and he, they're just like buying them a passage to their death he didn't care if you were man woman or child either yeah, that's why I think that this is all just... It's terrible. It's like, it's narcissism that it's Basically, most disturbing. yes. Yeah, he was, he's a seriously, seriously effed up person. His wife still was like, he was a good man. So she just, yeah. she was bummed out that he died? She was, yeah. I wonder if they let her keep the money that he stole. Oh my god, no, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have, but we don't know. I wonder what happened to his kids. There's just, like, so much behind this now where I'm, like, how, like when did France, like, I just want to find out, like, when France didn't have Nazis in it anymore and, like, what is it, 
look like when you've got a government that's like taken over by something and you've got these murder trials going on there's just there's so many like little intricacies of like what could be happening during this time period yeah that just i'm sorry it just made me really like i made me go crazy in my brain you wanted me to research all of those intricacies i you don't need to but i i am going to probably later well look it up and let me know well if i and a half episodes i know if i look it up maybe i could make a patreon update on it if anybody wants it was interesting though wasn't it money (laughs) it was pretty interesting it was interesting i just i still have so many questions I don't have any more answers for you. Okay, I'll try to. On Wikipedia, jeez, just kidding. I did, like, I did listen to other stuff. There are other. There's definitely other podcasts, and there's a ton of articles out there. We started watching a documentary the other night. Remember? On Doctor Satan. Yeah, it was on Doctor Satan, but we were both starting to fall asleep when we were lounging on the on the new couch. Oh, I forgot that that even happened. Yep, that was what was happening there. That would have been a memory lost. I do kind of remember. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, am I ready to close this out? Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We appreciate you. Yeah. If you decide you want to throw a few dollars at us every month and join us on Patreon for maybe some extra content about maybe World War II and the situation. And give us your money. Give us your money. Um, you can find us on patreon.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast. You can find us on facebook.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast without the I and shit because Facebook is approved. And you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at weird shit my mom says podcast. We're on all the grams. Yeah. We would also love to get an email from you. You could tell us a story or you could just like say hi to us because we don't have very many listeners. It'd be cool to get to know the ones that we do have. All that good stuff. Hi, friends. <laughs> hi, friends. <laughs> Yeah, you look so silly when you do that because we're in person. Um, Yeah, so all those things. We love you guys. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.